BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your child care necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your child care needs. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We probably need to think more than we do about our kids and what that actually means. I'll explain what I'm talking about. And election integrity. Have we broken down why it matters? All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. How often do you think about our children? Now, not your children if you have them. 
but our children as a whole in the country. It's something, I'll admit to you, I don't think about as much as I should. Now, you know I'm all about reforming, eliminating the government education system in the United States of America because I think it's poisoning our children. But beyond that, I don't think we think about it as much as we should, why it matters. And I'm not doing one of those, you know, touchy-feely, the children of the future type things, except that's exactly what I'm doing, just less touchy and less feely. Children are what America's going to be. We all realize that, right? Now, I want you to pause for a moment, and I want you to think about what we've done to children during the coronavirus lockdowns. Not just staying home from school. We'll get to that in a moment. Think about what we've taught them. You know, children, one of the things I've learned about is I have my own kids. Mine are 10 and 12 now. They're always watching always listening, always sponging up the things around them to figure out where they stand in the world, how things are in the world. Are things good? Are things bad? Am I loved? Am I hated? Am I... They're, they're, they are sponging up all of it. My sons will say things now, and I'll look and know that is something verbatim they heard from me. can actually be intimidating. Oh, oh wait a minute. I'm, I'm forming this person. And they're repeating to me things they'll see on the news, things their friends tell them in school, things their teachers tell them in school. They're figuring out what's a big deal, what's not a big deal. For the first time ever, my kids are starting to get interested in politics, even though I really never talked to them about it. What are we, Republican, Democrat, who are we voting for? They're starting. They're learning. Kids across the country are learning. What have we taught our kids about fear, life, the economy, reliance on government? What have we taught them about scary diseases? What have we done to our children during this coronavirus lockdown madness? Think about, think about the message we have told the kids of the United States of America. You're going to die one day. That's, uh-oh, nobody should die ever. Is that a healthy message to, to tell your kids? I'll tell you, it's opposite of what I tell my kids. When I'm teaching them to be nice to each other and not fight, I tell them, you know I'm going to die one day, right? Long before your brother. He's the one you need to hang on to because he's going to be here a lot longer than I am. So be kind to your brother. Kids need to know life begins and life ends. That's not unhealthy. What's unhealthy is, oh, little Johnny, just come hide in your bubble and nothing will ever happen to you or anybody you ever love and life is full of puppies and skittles. That's unhealthy. That's damaging the mentality of children across the United States of America. So we've told them that it's perfectly okay to shut down the greatest country in the world because a virus is out there. Are we putting a, a warrior spirit in our kids? Are we giving our kids a spirit of, and tell me if this isn't going to be uncomfortable, freedom? What do your kids and my kids, what do they know about freedom now? And more importantly, what have they learned over the last six months about freedom? Well, we love talking about it, don't we? Especially us on the right, we love talking about it. I talk about it all the time. Land of the free, star-spangled banner, baby. Land of the free, home of the brave. Free, free, free. We got freedom here. Well, that word actually is supposed to mean something. 
It's not just some meaningless word we throw up at the 4th of July as we're all hammering down hot dogs. It means something. It does. It's freedom from government control. That's what freedom means in America. Freedom from government control. It's not freedom from bills to pay. It's not freedom from obligation. Freedom from the stresses of life. Freedom from the end of life. It's freedom from government control. And what have our kids seen us do? What have they seen us do? You think they haven't seen that we arrest pastors now for having church? You think they haven't seen that we shut down businesses on the regular? We've wiped out entire industries now. Do you think they aren't seeing the stress their parents are going through, especially financial stress as jobs evaporate, hours evaporate, industries change, industries disappear? You think they aren't seeing what's happening with their teachers, with their fellow classmates? Oh, they're seeing. They're seeing. You think they don't sit in front of that computer for that in-home learning from school? You think they aren't learning? You think they aren't asking questions about why? What are we doing? This doesn't make any sense. They are. And I'll tell you something even darker before I move on from this. What about the kids who are in really, really, really bad homes? It's easy to forget about them, isn't it? But sadly, very sadly, we have an entire nation of, well, there's always a certain percentage of this, kids who are in homes where they're not wanted, where they're not loved, where they're routinely abused. And not only now have we stuffed them in home, they never get to escape it. Their parents have an elevated stress level, and now they're even bigger pieces of crap to the kids than they were before. We've done that. We are raising a generation of scared people. And in, the, in this world, there's nothing worse you can be because new scary things are always going to come. One day, coronavirus will finally be pretty much gone. I promise there's another one coming of some kind. Even if it's not a virus, there will be another big scary thing coming. Every generation has their coronavirus, their Cuban Missile Crisis, their something. There's always something else coming. We are raising an entirely new generation here, and we are teaching them all the wrong things. So you'll have to excuse me when I see people like Governor Cuomo snapping at a reporter who's just trying to get clarification on schools. Wait, wait, the kids can't go to school? They can? What phase are we in? I don't understand. And this is the same governor who's been caught at private events without a mask on, patting people on the back. When I see him lashing out like this, I just, I shake my head that this is the governor of one of the most powerful states in America. I'm a little unclear about New York City schools. The other day you said, this is the city's decision. They have an agreement at 3%. Today you said, well, I might have to impose an orange zone and I might have to close the schools, which an orange zone does. So what's going on? Does the city still have the ability to close its schools? Are you now taking control and saying that you have the power to make this decision? And for the millions of parents who want to know, are the schools going to open tomorrow in New York City? All right. First of all, let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive in your tone. Because you're 100% wrong. These laws have all been in effect for months. It was three weeks ago. Okay, so don't you, so what are you talking about? 
How, what are you talking about? You're now going to override. We did it already. That's the law. An orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm still confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I'll tell you what, Jimmy. Still, parents are still confused as well. The schools oh, in they're not confused. Tomorrow. You're confused. No, I think but parents are law. confused as well. Read the law, and you won't be confused. Does that sound like somebody who's hurting with your kids? It doesn't sound like that to me. It sounds like somebody who's enjoying this, to be frank. And it sounds like somebody who's enjoying being Lord High Commander over this society. And you have people like de Blasio, and, and I'm, I'm actually for once not, pick, not picking on de Blasio specifically, but I hear this all the time about how nobody's happy with it. Nobody, nobody really wants to do this. Unfortunately, as of today, on our seven-day rolling average for coronavirus positivity, New York City has hit exactly 3.0%. And as a result, we do need to close our schools for the coming days. Uh, no one is happy about this decision. We all, in fact, are feeling very sad about this decision because so much good work has been put into keeping the schools Opened and opening them up to begin with, let's start there, opening the schools when almost no other major school system in America opened, making them so safe. But we set a very clear standard, and we need to stick to that standard. And I want to emphasize to parents, to educators, to staff, to kids, that we intend to come back and come back as quickly as possible. Nobody's happy about it. Sure. And let me ask you one more thing before we check out here. Um, is coronavirus the only deadly thing that matters? I, I, hate to, I hate to put too fine a point on it here, but I've talked to you before and I'm never going to stop talking to you about suicides, addiction, substance abuse is through the roof right now. Th these numbers, these suicide rates, these, th th just watch this. CDC numbers show as recent as June, 40% of Americans dealt with mental health or substance abuse. 11% say they seriously considered suicide. It was significantly higher among people 18 to 24 years old, Hispanic respondents and black respondents, unpaid caregivers and essential workers. It's been alarmingly active uh, seeing the number of suicide attempt cases that are coming through and then reading the numbers of, of suicide increase across the country it's it's very frightening it's very frightening we've taken a virus with 99.7 percent survivability and we've had a bunch of 18 to 24 year old kids think about killing themselves 40 percent 11 percent what have we done to ourselves what have we done to ourselves over a virus? And back to my original point, what are we telling our kids? What are we telling our children about what they should do, about what they should think, about how they should act in the face of danger? It hadn't been good. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, you know what else should make you uncomfortable? The fact that your home title's just hanging out there. And it is just dangling out there online. These cyber thieves, sadly, are so good today. It's easy for them. I can't stress this enough. It's easy for them to hack into your home title and take it. It's easy. It's nothing. All they have to do is find it. 
When they do it, they're going to forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it. You are going to pay that loan back. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and sign up. It's the only way you can protect yourself. They'll detect it. They'll stop it. While you're there, use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 days free. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. We'll be back. Well, here's the update on the latest election integrity news. Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell had a big press conference today talking about they have the evidence. They have what they need to overturn it. Now, I don't know Rudy Giuliani. I do, however, know Sidney Powell. And I realize, because I see a lot of this chatter out there, that people are being dismissive over claims, over any claims that there's enough out there to overturn something. I don't know that there is. I don't know that there isn't. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not in those rooms. I'm not, I'm not doing all the lawyering things that lawyers do. I do, however, know this. Sidney Powell is one of the sharpest human beings I've ever known in my entire life. This is not some moron. If she's up there saying she has something, I tend to lend that some credibility. And you know, you know how cynical I've been about the chances of this thing succeeding, about there actually being something here. Sydney Powell throwing her name on it, getting in front of the camera, that means something to me. And I'll tell you what else should mean something to you. We have an entire stable of Washington, D.C. Republicans who only exist to live a quiet life, protect themselves, let's not get too controversial. They, they've been very vocal about, about condemning Donald Trump at every turn, and some of those guys have come out. You know what I'm talking about, the Mitt Romneys. But there are a lot of establishment D.C. Republicans who are still out there saying, there's something here. We have to find that out. That these guys are still not willing to say, oh, Trump should just concede. That's something else that tells me. Maybe there is. I'm not trying to get your hopes up. But when I read statements like this, what am I supposed to think? This is uh, GOP lawmakers, quote, We urge you to immediately convene hearings to examine the integrity of the 2020 election amid troubling reports of irregularities and improprieties. Given your role as leaders of a political party that spent four years baselessly calling into question the legitimacy of the 2016 election, with debunked allegations of Russian collusion, you owe it to all Americans to fully examine allegations of actual election errors and misconduct. Our committees must conduct oversight hearings to ensure that Americans have faith in the integrity of our election. And let's be honest. You can call me immature. It's fine. I am. You can call me spiteful. Maybe also fair. I'm not sure how willing I'm going to be to give Democrats four years of peace, no matter how this turns out. Do you remember the last four years? Do you remember the collective four-year insane hissy fit? They impeached our president. Two years of a Russian collusion investigation turned out to be nothing. They never missed a beat. They went from one controversy to the next controversy, whipping up a frenzy in the country. Accusations like white supremacy and Nazism. I don't know 
that I'm going to be willing to reach across the aisle here. I just don't know that I am. Part of me, immature Jesse, says, you're going to have to find out what that tastes like. And maybe you can readjust your conduct next time we have somebody. Now, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State said this. Can you tell us right now if you have seen any evidence of widespread or significant fraud, as the president keeps claiming, and whether or not, in your view, presidents like Joe Biden will end up winning your state's electoral votes? Good evening, uh, Jake. No, we have not seen any widespread voter fraud. Uh, the president has picked up uh, some votes in a few of the counties that made some uh, clerical errors. That wasn't the machines. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, he started with 14,000. He's about 12,000 now. But we're finishing up. Uh, we're waiting for a few more counties to get back to us, some of the large counties. But I don't believe at the end of the day it'll change the total results. So you still think that Joe Biden, President-elect Biden, will be the winner of Georgia? Yes, I believe that's the way it'll turn out. Clerical errors. I'm not, I don't know anything about the Georgia Secretary of State, but I just need somebody to give me an explanation why every error, clerical error, computer error, media error, every single error for four years has gone one way. Every error has gone one way. I, I try not to be a cynic, but it almost seems like more than an error. And, we're, and I'm tired of being lectured by the people who whined about Trump for four years. Don Lemon with CNN has spent four years embarrassing himself. Now he thinks he can say things like this? If you believe that this was, the election was rigged despite all the evidence otherwise, if you believe all of the lies that the president has been putting out on the tweets. Again, I don't really want to talk down to people, but you're being played. The president, state-run media, conservative media echo chambers, they are playing you for suckers because it's not the truth. Wake up, people. Okay. Here's the thing, maybe that's true. Maybe all this election fraud is a bunch of garbage, but you burned up the credibility to tell me that over your conduct from the last four years. Why does the media in this country not understand that? How you conduct yourself today, that's how seriously I'm going to take your opinion tomorrow. You don't get to embarrass yourself for four years if you're Don Lemon and then turn around and tell me, well, stop being played for a sucker. Brother, I'm never going to believe a word you say, ever. And nobody else should either. All right. Now, natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, people have been using those things for a long, long time. They've been using those things to alleviate things like sleeplessness, anxiety, joint pain, and more. I personally, I choose CBD, but that gets difficult because there is CBD everywhere now. Everywhere you turn, there's a new CBD shop, CBD sold here, CBD sold there. And here's the problem. All CBD is not the same. 
Some is extremely high quality. Some is flaming hot garbage that does absolutely nothing for you. And I don't know enough to go do that research. I can't tell you what's good and what's bad. But I know somebody who can. Doctors Trusted CBD Company, they went out and researched the entire industry to find the best. They teamed up with Be Best Organics, which is made in the USA. They even have a certificate of analysis. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, that's where you go. That's where you go because they went out, did the work for you, and they found all the best products. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, use the promo code JESSE. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. We'll be back. Joining me now, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berkwist. Drew, I've been going off tonight about what we've done just generationally to kids in this country with our coronavirus response. I, look, I, obviously, I know your father. I am desperate to make sure my boys don't grow up to be scared human beings, scared little sheep who just do whatever they're told. And I, I swear that's more than anything, the most damaging thing we've done with all this is told our kids, go home, hide, you can be safe, you're never gonna die, I promise. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, we, we've pushed this thing to the, to the max. Rather than sharing the truth, which is really not that scary, uh, but but it, but it is. I mean, you know, they they're they're getting fed this stuff by their by their schools, by you know other kids they hear on the bus, and Lord knows what their parents are telling. Them. All this fear, when there's just not that that much of a particularly for them, but really for everyone, not to be that scared. And then on top of it, they're missing out on all the social interaction that normal kids are supposed to be having right now. Uh, it's 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 terrifying what we have done, not just to kids, but I think to families. I was talking about the show today as well, to families across the board, how, what this has done to, to everyone. What has it done? I mean, how bad is it to families? I think it's rough because I think it's really, it's obviously it's a divisive topic across the board, no matter where you are. But then, you know, you get to this time of year and people are normally getting together for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and if you're in one of the communist states that's not allowing that, that's really terrifying. But even in the states that they're open, like you take Florida, for instance, you know, we're on the cutting edge here, pushing forward. DeSantis has done a heck of a job, and obviously some people trash him for that, but, but people here are celebrating him. But you've got the opportunity to go spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with your family as you're supposed to do, as tradition dictates you do. And there's a lot of people who have bought into the fear and they're saying, no, 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 we're not going to do it. We're not, we're not going to be around that group of people. We don't want to be confined indoors. We don't want this. We don't want that. It's like, come on, y'all. But then, you know, it, it frustrates people. It, it, it drives that wedge in, in, in families. And it's, it's sad to see because it doesn't need to be happening. Drew, I, I've asked myself this question. People ask me the question all the time. When does it end? I never bought in that it would end after the election because then you're, what you're telling me is a bunch of these lifelong loser dork politicians are going to just give up power after that over people. They don't do that. But it has to end at some point, right? 20 years from now, we're not going to be talking about coronavirus. When does it end? How does it end? I wish I knew. I mean, I, 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 look, I don't think it ends nearly as early into 20 so everyone keeps talking about oh and i've joked about it too i can't wait to get past 2020 it, it doesn't end when 2020 ends it doesn't end when the election ends, as you said i think that we're a decent chunk into 2021 before it even starts to get remotely normal and and a lot of that of course hinges and depends on on the election i think you know it's 
they've said it's going to be second or third quarter at best. And you know, if they're saying that it's probably going to be worse than that. Uh, if, if Biden wins this thing and if we do, it's going to be more of, okay, we're going to start to open up, but there's going to be pushback. And, and, you know, I, I just don't it, next year is not going to be a whole lot better than this year was. I think COVID does eventually end, but the bigger concern is, is now these politicians know what they can get away with and whether it's, it's COVID 20 or it's COVID 27 or it's some other thing, they, they know that the people just will bow down and do what they tell them to. Drew, is America waking up or is America falling asleep when it comes to the intrusion of their freedoms? I, and I'm not asking if they're mad. I know people are mad. Everybody's mad about something. The left's still mad about Trump. The right's mad. The election might be stolen. Maybe they lie. Everyone's mad. But are, the freedom thing. Are Americans really realizing what's happening or are they just kind of mad that they have to wear a mask? I think it's both. I, I think it's both. I think that there's no foreseeable way that we come back together, at least the way that we used to. And not that we've always ever been perfect, but there's no there's no way that we come back together in this, you know, everyone's calling for unity right now. Guys, that's not happening. That's not happening. We You can see it online you can see it in the media you can see it everywhere we just don't like each other and it's i I don't like that it's unfortunate that's the case but we don't and then to your second point there are a lot of people who just are not aware of what's happening and i think if they if they were they'd be enraged and they'd say the same thing oh yeah we can't get along with them so and and it it goes both ways it's on both sides i mean the reality is we just don't want to work this thing out so i think whatever that looks like we've talked about it here before on the show you know on your show like some form of a breakup something's got to happen because the, the way we're doing it right now this relationship's not good should people on the right want to get back together drew and, and I, look I, I try not to be petty and childish i mean try as hard as i possibly can but when people tell me things like well unify and it's time to calm down well don't challenge the election I can't help but reflect on four years of Russian collusion, impeachment, Kavanaugh, everything else. Every everybody, every Trump supporter is a white supremacist Nazi who supports concentration camps, and now you won. And it's whoa, calm down, don't don't challenge an election here. And I I got a problem with that, man. Yeah, no, I do too. I, look, I want to want to unify, but I don't want to unify with these people because the reality is, is they don't value America. They don't value us. They don't respect us. They will stab us in the back. They, they have made clear what they want this country to be. And it's not the America that we all know and love. And obviously there's some give and take on everything. Okay, we could maybe work with you on this, work with you on that. But that's not how conversations go anymore. They're, they're, every conversation is one-sided. And it is, you agree with us or we hate you. You agree with this idea or we hate you. And that's just not, you can't, ha- you literally cannot have a discussion that way. So I'm at that point too, where I wish I did not feel that way. I want to unify. I want our country to be stable, secure, and have everyone sit around a campfire and drink whiskey and sing songs. But the reality is, is we're just not there. It's not possible anymore. That actually sounds really good, a campfire with whiskey and songs. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, Drew? Should we get together or what? Let's do it. I think we definitely should. I, I, I we're, we're doing everything normal here, man. We're, we're family. All the, all the crew that normally is together, we'll probably invite some strangers just to anger the left. But, like, I mean, we're going we're gonna to keep things normal. 
You know, I still see when it, when we talk about all this lockdown stuff, I still see such a divide. I'm mainly where I live here in Houston because I get both worlds. I, I work downtown. I live in the burbs. I go into a store in the burbs, and just because it's the rules still, I walk in with the mask on, and I'm always the only one in. And I take it off because I feel like a big goober right off the bat. You walk <laughs> in downtown, everybody has masks, shields, everything else. There's a city versus rural divide that I can't quite f- put my finger on on how the mentalities are so different, but they are different. Oh, they're so different. They're so different, yeah, between those two, between states, between counties, everything's just so different. That's part of the problem too, is people get used to what they're used to and what their local leaders are telling them, and then they see the other side, it's like, oh man, it's like the it's like the kid who grew up who only got to eat plain cereal, and then you go to a friend's house and they've got like Lucky Charms and Cookie Crisp, and you're like, what? Like, you guys are free here? You get to eat sugar cereal? So it's, oh. I mean, it's just all so different out there. It's crazy. But I tell you what, it's really sad. And I had a, I had a couple of viewers chime in on, on our show talking about how loved ones and spouses had died. And they're in one of these lockdown states. They can't see friends, families, neighbors now. And they're literally just going to be sitting by themselves at their house. And people have got to think about that stuff because that stuff is taking its toll on people. What do you think the elderly would be thinking about? Or what do you think they are thinking about when it comes to these things? They're clearly the vulnerable ones, especially the elderly people with pre-existing conditions. And yet, I mean, look, we all have an expiration date on this life. They don't have that many Thanksgivings left with family. Do you think as a whole they'd rather risk it and go home? Or do you think they're thinking, screw that, I ain't risking it? I mean, I would, I think the former, I think a lot of people are just like, I want to be with my family. And I know that I've lived a long, good life. I'm sure there are some who don't take that stance and that's fine. I mean, I, but like, I, I think that the vast majority probably like I tradition, I've always been with my family on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever. I want to be with my family. And if God forbid, I'm that still small fraction, even in that older category that, that that's it, that's my time, then so be it. Like I, I, I know that the, the elderly people that I know, that's kind of been their take. Like, let's go. Let, I want to be with the people I love. And, and if it's if it's time, God forbid, then that it is. It's just time. So Do, does Florida get redder from here for a while, Drew? Was this was this a trend we saw? I mean, Florida has been a nail biter for a long time. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's not like it was this blowout, but Florida was not a nail biter. Does it continue to trend that way because of DeSantis? I mean, you never know because the, the the tricky thing with Florida is everyone keeps moving here. I mean, you get it in Texas too, but everyone keeps moving here and it shakes things up. And I think if you had a really, I mean, th- Biden was the worst candidate ever. He's, he's He is the worst candidate ever. So hmm. DeSantis has done a heck of a job. That helped. Biden being an awful candidate, that helped. But, you know, if you were to get a, a, a more moderate Democrat candidate that had some Latin roots or something like that, I think that it could it could start to, to be a more interesting race. Um, but as it stands now, I think that we're pretty firmly red. It's it's gonna take the right candidate to try and start pushing it down the other way, which hopefully we never see, for, by the way. But, but uh, you know, as long as they put up people like Hillary and Biden, you know, you're gonna have even the minority communities, a lot of them here say, no, we're not, we're not doing that. So I, I think we're pretty safe. I think both our state and your state are pretty safe. Drew Berkowitz, host of This Is My Show. Thank you, my man, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be back. Joining me now, Drew Hernandez. He is a correspondent with the Tatum Report. Drew, 
First of all, let's start with all the violence from the million MAGA rally last weekend. I don't want to, I don't want to dwell too long on that. But what do we have as far as arrests go? Do people ever even get charged for assaulting people on the right anymore? Everybody saw the video of one dude who got knocked out and ended up on his face. Is this something where it's just open season on people on the right? Or are they actually tracking these, down, these guys down and arresting them? I think they are. I think a few arrests were made from that weekend. But I think the bigger thing to point out is when it's happening in real time. Um, obviously, the MPD in Washington, D.C., this is a trend across the United States because they want to defund the police. Uh, they tie their hands behind their backs. They can't really enforce the law as they should because we have incompetent leftist mayors that kind of give them stand down orders. Because if police are seen arresting, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters or rioters, that's a bad look. Right. So that's kind of what you see. And it's very sad when you see innocent people just because they have different political leanings walking back to their hotels, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, physically assaulting uh, families, uh, the elderly, uh, white people, black people, brown people, all people. It didn't matter what color you were. It didn't matter what race you were this day. If you were simply a Trump supporter, uh, you were gonna get hit. And I think what I wanted to highlight was how the police do kind of stand down. They kind of wait, they kind of watch it, and then they just kind of like evade the situation and grab the person and kind of escort them out of the danger. But I mean, the police do their best to separate, um, you know, the two groups, the Trump supporters, and if Antifa's there or Black Lives Matter, they, they do a good job separating the groups. But when the physical assaults were going down in Black Lives Matter Plaza, I think uh, they, they could have done and should have done a lot better job. I don't think those people uh, should have been hurt the way that they were. Just walking back to their hotels, it's, in my opinion, uh, I understand how it happens because the mayor really does tie their hands behind their backs. but. Honestly, I think police officers are going to have to start making some decisions. Uh, do you obey these unconstitutional orders that put people's life in danger over a paycheck? Or do you resist tyranny uh, and do the right thing and uphold your constitutional oath to protect people regardless of what your superior says, even if it's an illegal order? You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think that's kind of where police officers are going to have to start making some serious decisions. And I would advise them to do the right thing, and God will bless them for that. Drew, who is, we'll get to Antifa in a moment, who is Black Lives Matter? Is it the same group of people who bounce from city to city? Do they have several chapters? Is this all just an organic protest of people just randomly popping up and going out to protest injustice? Who are these people? You know, obviously from, you know, they've took it down by now, but everybody knows because we exposed it that they are a, a neo-communist organization. They are Marxists. So their ideologies are communist in origin when it comes to economics, social issues, the entire list goes down, right? They, they are neo-communists. That's who they are. They try and hide it in the mainstream media and they took that down off their website because people are starting to wake up to the reality that uh, they are supported by an ideology that is responsible for more than 100 million murders to date uh, communism and socialism and Marxism. But um, they are organized. I mean, you could just take a look at Twitter, right, Jesse? Look at Twitter. Black Lives Matter has a verified check uh, checkmarked Twitter in pretty much every big blue state right in city like in washington dc uh in los angeles just take a look at twitter you can see how they organize they do dog whistle they'll they'll say certain things hey we need support like you did see this uh they have secret text chains uh that people aren't aware of uh on different apps like telegram and signal uh they will dog whistle they'll 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 organize behind the scenes they'll say this is what was happening in in, in dc last weekend uh when trump supporters were starting to walk back to their hotels 
actually through Black Lives Matter Plaza, uh, Black Lives Matter of DC was actually uh, calling for uh, backup with Antifa uh, in order to hold it down and protect Black Lives Matter because scary white supremacists were walking through it. So they do they do perform strategic violence. Um, and obviously they are backed by big donors, all the corporations in the United States of America, like NBA, MLB, all these huge organizations are behind Black Lives Matter. But isn't it interesting, Jesse, how these major capitalistic corporations are behind an organization that hates capitalism? Does that make any sense? Like, like, like communists hate capitalism, and that's who Black Lives Matter is. And, and here's the NBA and LeBron James backing up Black Lives Matter because they honestly think it's about uh, police brutality against black people. But that, that, that's just the Trojan horse to usher in communism and to get Americans to accept what this is. And I think the black community on the left has been absolutely hijacked uh, by this neo-communist Marxist agenda. Well, uh, help me unpack that then, Drew, because look, I can understand the NBA. The NBA is 80% black. You have a bunch of young black men out there. You're going to have guys who are mad about police brutality or, or race thinking that police... Let's just set the NBA aside for a moment. What about all the other relatively normal, everyday corporations in the United States of America that aren't 80% black, don't come from that, and yet they went all in. I, I was talking about my sons logged in to play one of their video games, and all of a sudden there was a custom landing screen for Black Lives Matter on the, on the Xbox. They're like, Dad, come look at this. I said, what? I mean, somebody who, who gains nothing from it, right? Or do they gain something from it? Yeah, I mean, especially in the white community, right? Because if you say anything as a white person against Black Lives Matter, you are deemed a neo-Nazi, a racist, a white supremacist, and people are afraid of that. Uh, and, and, and I think that's a travesty. I think the white community is, is being demonized completely right now just for simply being white. And even myself as a Hispanic person, if I come out on mainstream media and I denounce Black Lives Matter for being a neo-communist organization and I think they have a murderous ideology according to history, I get called a white supremacist on Twitter and I'm Hispanic and I'm brown, so it makes no sense. They, they, they are very militant with their social attacks, how they cancel people and they allow people, they, they literally, literally force people into these guilt trips where if you, if you say anything against Black Lives Matter, then you support police brutality because this is about black people being uh, brutalized by police. And if you, if you have any criticism against our organization, even if it's valid, then you, you are literally by default a white supremacist and a racist. So I think what I'm trying to say is people fall for that and because of fear and guilt, they don't wanna deal with it. They could lose their business. They could get canceled immediately, regardless of skin color. And that's what they kinda bow the knee to which is which is communist in origin as well right like the mob mentality getting what it wants and i think that's what we're seeing socially in the united states of america because on the on the on the top layer of black lives matter they promote right anti-police brutality it's black people that are being brutalized by police officers but what's under the organization when you peel back the onion what's really behind it and you find neo-communist marxist ideologies from a to z with this organization and that's how they hide and masquerade in the press and the mainstream media social media everywhere and i think people fall for it jesse antifa Every time somebody gets gets one of these mug shots of Antifa or one of these group mug shots of Antifa, I'm, for once I'm not even trying to be mean. It's a bunch of freaks. 
It's a bunch of people with the purple hair and face, you know, tattoo face and and head half shaved with some bug-eyed look in their mind. They look like a bunch of drug-addled psychopaths, and yet they're fairly organized in some way. They're in every city, apparently, ready to assault people. Who are these people? Again, just like Black Lives Matter, is it the same group of 50 lunatics? Do they have a chapter in every city? Who are they? Yeah, they're extremely organized, especially in heavy, heavy blue cities and blue states. Uh, You take a look at Portland because Portland uh, literally wants to legalize every single drug under the sun. It makes sense when you see like more than 160 days of straight riots in Portland. It's like, how do these people do this? How do they have the stamina? How do they have the energy to do this? They're drug addicts. They're methed out. Look at the pictures. They're on heroin. They have this insane energy that gets them going every single night. And they are organized. Uh, people give to them. This is another pretty uh, nuanced point I want to make, which I think is hypocritical. They're anarchists, and they are neo-communists as well in origin, Antifa specifically. But they use apps like Venmo and PayPal, which are like capitalist giants right now, like like huge in our in our world, right? But people give to them. They support them financially through Venmo, through PayPal, through all these apps. And it's interesting because, you know, a conservative will come out and make a controversial statement uh, via free speech, and they can get their Venmo deleted. They can get their PayPal deleted. They will cut these services off from them. But, but, but Antifa gets to use these things and organize financially. And it's pretty interesting because you take a look at every single state that they're in, and you look at their Twitter accounts, they mobilize online, they use Telegram, they use Signal, they have huge chat rooms that you can't see necessarily on Twitter, and they organize by state. And if they don't have a big enough group in one state, then they'll call it, let's just say, uh, we don't got enough people in Los Angeles, we need people to come down from Portland for the night. They will mobilize, they will fundraise, people actually give them money because people fall for the lie that they're actually anti-fascists. They literally believe like they are they're the they're 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 the army and the marines storming uh, the beaches uh, of Normandy for World War II. Like they, Antifa literally believes that that's who they are fighting against Nazis in their mind. I know it sounds absurd, but that's literally what they believe. And there's people that actually believe that that's who they are, and they give them money, Jesse. They do give them money, and it organizes them financially, and it gives them the ability not only to travel, but sometimes I think we saw a, a journalist Andy No. I forgot, it was like somewhere in the hundreds of thousands of dollars of bulletproof vests that were donated to Antifa last summer. And it was all given to them for free. People actually believe that they are anti-fascists fighting against fascism. And we all know by now it's a lie. I mean, if Donald Trump was like Hitler 2.0 and the leader of the Fourth Reich, we would have seen it by now, Jesse, like seriously. (laughs) Drew Hernandez, Tatum Report, follow his stuff. Drew, I appreciate you, my man. Hey, thank you wild all right we'll be back do you ever watch a video and just cringe a little bit well you're about to three two one see ya Woo! <laughs> No. No. All right. We have a great 
great special for you tomorrow. I'll see you then. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect. Which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four caftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.